Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Fox 2 presents Hancock and Kelly. And good Sunday morning to you. Welcome to Hancock and Kelly on Fox 2, where we take on the top issues of the week. On the right, John Hancock. Good morning. On the left, Michael Kelly. Hey there. And I'm Andy Banker. On the agenda this morning, mask mandates return with COVID on the rise in St. Louis again. But what about masking again in St. Louis? Taxpayers spent millions on the much-hyped Cure Violence program in St. Louis. The report card is in, and it's a far cry from straight A's. A new poll shows an overwhelming majority of voters think President Biden is too old for a second term. And not just Republicans, Democrats, too. And our quote of the week is from a woman who's very interested in being Donald Trump's running mate, South Dakota Governor Kristi Noem. Also, the Secretary of Edu Education comes to St. Louis to deliver a message. Hunter Biden may face a new criminal indictment. And Nancy Pelosi is running for re-election at age 83. But we begin with a sporadic return to mask mandates in America as COVID cases surge again. A school in Maryland, a few yeah, hospital systems, companies are again requiring masks. U.S. Senator Eric Schmidt of Missouri, who lives in St. Louis County, vehemently fought against forced masking when he was the state attorney general, and he seems ready to do it again. Their families. There are no mandates here, but the St. Louis County Department of Public Health is recommending masks in crowds and COVID vaccine boosters. The British author of a highly respected Cochrane Library study says there's just no evidence that shows masking helps stop the spread of respiratory diseases like COVID and flu. Dr. Anthony Fauci is now saying masks somehow work on a personal level but not in a broad sense in terms of slowing a pandemic. John, Republicans in the Senate are having a field day with all of this. Do they want to hang the mask issue around the necks of Democrats uh, with the election? I mean, it's, it's folly it, requiring masks. I, you know, I dare them to do it. The American people aren't going to put it. The only thing these masks are good for uh, on a personal level, Andy, is it does cover up my double chin. But it, as far as stopping the spread of disease, it doesn't work. And uh, I won't be wearing one, and uh, I think a lot of people out there won't be wearing one. It would be a profound mistake for government to try and impose that stuff again. Our Democrats, like County Executive Sam Page, a big proponent of masking, the county health department's pushing masks again, not requiring them. Are they following or ignoring the science now? Well, I think they may be following the silent science. I don't think there's anything wrong with recommending that people wear masks. Um, but, you know, I personally, we've been through this. Uh, I wore the mask when it was mandated, and, you know, that's what we did. Uh, when we knew better, we did better. Uh, the reality is, is that it's good. people who are going to mask up are going to be doing it intentionally. Um, I think if a government imposes a mandate, we're going to go back through all the nonsense, but hopefully people are going to behave 
if you go to a grocery store or Quickie Mart or wherever and they want you to wear a mask, just put it on. Don't make some larger social experiment. Schmidt's fellow Missouri Senator, Republican Josh Hawley, posted a two-word tweet about masking. Never again were the two words. This comes as a new poll shows Democrat Senate candidate Lucas Kuntz may pose a stronger threat than expected to Hawley's re-election chances in 2024. The poll shows Hawley leading 44 to 43 percent with a 3 percent margin of error. The poll was commissioned by the Kuntz campaign, but voters were provided positive background information about both candidates before being asked who they support. Michael, is Hawley's seat in red state Missouri in play in 24? It could be, because anything can happen in 2024. I mean, we have a four-time indicted 91-count felon, potential felon, going to be the Republican nominee. So anything is possible. Look, this poll came from the Holly Cam or the from the Coons campaign. It obviously gives its best light. I think it's trying to build energy and momentum out there, but this is a tough state for Democrats unfortunately right now. If there was any candidate that could be knocked down, it's the insurrectionist Josh Holly. How big a factor is Lucas Kuntz in the Republican plans for holding on to the Senate seat in Missouri? I mean, he's got competition on the Democrat side, including St. Louis County Prosecutor Wesley Bell. Well, his threat level is more than zero and less than five on a scale of 100. Uh, let me tell you how these polls work, Andy. Uh, you go in there and the Kuntz's polls are If you knew that Josh Hawley has just robbed seven banks, <laughs> Who would you likely vote for, Lucas Kuntz or Josh Hawley? How about if Josh Hawley doesn't like puppy dogs? Who would you vote for, Lucas Kuntz? So to get to 43, whatever that was, uh, that was the result, I guarantee, of push polling. But the reality is, is they didn't have to make up anything. They could have said, if you knew that Josh Hawley tried to help overthrow the government of the United States for Donald Trump, would that affect your vote? I think that's what the voters are responding yeah, to. Yeah, but those you're talking about, this is a general electorate in Missouri. Uh, the January 6th stuff in Missouri uh, is just not going to play like, uh, like you all hope it is nationally. Well, the posters say they provided only positive information. Yeah, right, right. A very expensive anti-crime program, highly touted by Democrats in the city of St. Louis, is so far failing to deliver the promised results. The Cure Violence Program uses trained workers to identify potentially violent situations and intervene before those situations lead to gunfire. Former Mayor Lida Krusen and Board of Aldermen President Louis Reed led the charge for spending $7 million to try out the program for three years in three areas of the city. Now, studies have since shown that violent crime has dropped in all three areas, but it has also dropped everywhere else at essentially the same rate, areas that do not have the program. Nonetheless, current Mayor Tashar Jones supports the program, and the city is spending nearly $2 million more to extend it for another year. Your thoughts on cure violence, John Hancock? Well, the first thing that comes to mind is boondoggle, Andy. Uh, this stuff doesn't work. Uh, you know what works? Police on the street enforcing the law, and then having real penal consequences for the lawbreakers. Uh, that, and you won't have to spend another $2 million on that. You need to get your police department staffed appropriately, and you need to continue uh, to, to modernize and update the circuit attorney's office. I think Gabe Gore, we haven't talked about him in a while, uh, I think he's doing a fine job over there. But this, is, this kind of stuff, you know, maybe on the, maybe on the margins, it might make an infinitesimal difference. 
but that's not going to solve the crime problem in St. Louis. You think we know enough to pull the plug, or is it worth another couple million dollars to give well, it another year? The mayor and the police department, those who are most involved in it, are saying, hey, we need to continue to put money into it. So maybe it does work. Um, and, you know, kudos to the mayor for continuing to push it. But the evidence will have to be in the outcomes. Uh, the reality is, is John's right. I mean, the, the best formula for us fixing crime in the city is to have police officers on the street and hold people accountable for crime. Hopefully, Cure Violence can supplement that. U.S. Education Secretary Miguel Cardona was in St. Louis as part of his back-to-school bus tour. He took issue with nearly one-third of Missouri school districts adopting a four-day school week amid a teacher shortage. We have specific... Uh, strategies aimed at uh, lifting the teaching profession, uh, making sure that we're fighting for competitive salaries. Our students need more. We're not going to be competing internationally if we're cutting the, day, the week by, by 20%. Secretary Cardona toured Compton Drew Middle School in St. Louis. He stressed the effectiveness of efforts to address students' mental health. He sort of sidestepped questions, though, about parental involvement in what's being taught at public schools, especially regarding race and gender identity. He said he welcomes parental engagement, even when it might be in disagreement with what educators know is best. But in the end, he said, overall, the well-being of students is paramount. Michael, should he be more straightforward on the parental involvement issue like he was with the teacher shortage? I mean, he was really direct there, but he's more nuanced on the... Two thoughts. Number one, where was this four-day school week when we were all going to school? <laughs> uh, I could have done fine with just two days of school. But isn't this crazy? Um, you talked about how many schools in the state of Missouri are only at four days. We're failing our kids. Now, we spent the whole legislative session down there in Jefferson City worried about six kids who were going to maybe play sports. Shouldn't we worry about all of these hundreds of thousands of kids who are only getting four days of schooling? I think it shows that the Secretary of Education cares about what's happening in Missouri, sees this far-right extremism that's taken over Jefferson City, that's limiting uh, education opportunities for kids, and is coming and putting a spotlight on it. We got nearly a third of the state's kids going to school only four days a week. Is that, yeah, that's no good. Is that too far under the radar? I mean, the Secretary uh, highlighted it here. Yeah, I, that's the one thing he said that I agree with. I mean, kids need to be in school. They need to be in school as much as possible. They need to learn. We're falling behind internationally on math and science as a, as a nation uh, and as a state. So none of that is good. As to parental rights, you know, we don't provide enough choices for parents in educating their kids now. And uh, I'm all for school choice. And yes, parents should be driving the bus as it relates to their children's education. The values that they're being instilled, all of those things, parents have every right and responsibility to be involved, and the secretary should have said that, and the, and the, and the policy of the administration ought to endorse and support parental involvement. It's the number one indicator to predict academic success for kids is parental involvement. Up next, 83-year-old Congresswoman Nancy Pelosi says she's running for re-election. Also, Illinois Governor J.B. Pritzker stops in Edwardsville and weighs in on the issue of President Biden's age. To hear more, listen to the podcast. Just search for Hancock and Kelly. A new poll shows 77% of Americans think President Biden is too old to handle a second term. During a stop at SIU Edwardsville, Illinois Democrat Governor J.B. Pritzker said age was just a number. The choice is between whoever the Republicans 
uh, pick out of that lineup the smorgasbord of extremism that we've seen from that side of the aisle. Uh, and Joe Biden. And let's face it, Joe Biden's got more done in two and a half years as president than most presidents get done in eight years. And it's because of his experience. So people can talk about age, but let's also talk about experience. The governor's fellow Democrats aren't so sure. 69% of Democrats in the poll agreed that 80-year-old President Joe Biden is too old for a second term. Famed Democrat strategist James Carville says he can't deny these poll numbers are alarming. How do you see it, Michael? Well, of course it's alarming. It's also alarming that the Republicans are going to nominate a four-time indicted 90-count you know, felon, a potential felon. And I think that's really what it's going to come down to. Look, our choices are going to be the same as what we experienced in 2020. We didn't like them then. We're not going to really like them now. But the choice is going to be clear. It's going to be Joe Biden versus Donald Trump, and he'll walk away with this election. Carville also pointed to the Dobbs decision and abortion. He's, that matters more, he thinks, than Biden's age, that this will be a referendum on that. Well, uh, we'll, we'll see. I, I think the election's going to be a lot, about a lot more than the abortion issue. Joe Biden's too old to do this job. I mean, and we all see it. Uh, every, you know, if you're paying even a modicum amount of attention to when he makes public statements, when he shuffles around the floor, I mean, he's he is too old. To, this is a vigorous job, President of the United States. And even though he's got some very high quality assisted living there in the White House, you know, he's got the guy that dresses him in the morning. He's got the cooks on staff there and uh, he gets driven to the airplane. He gets helped on the airplane. He's got a bed that he can lay down on. I mean, all of that. Wow, that's a good way to go. He is too old to be president and Democrats know it. And it's almost selfish on Joe Biden's part not to step aside and give their party a better opportunity because Joe Biden's the one guy that Donald Trump might be able to beat. Age is an even bigger number for Democrat California Congresswoman Nancy Pelosi. She's 83 and has just announced that she's running for another two-year term in Congress, extending her 36-year career in the House of Representatives. She represents San Francisco, a city in major decline with businesses moving out and things like overt drug use, shoplifting, and break-ins sort of taking over. At least that's what we hear in the media all the time. Is she beatable? No, she's not beatable, uh, and she's also the strength that helped hold the Constitution on January 6th. I don't think Nancy Pelosi wants to run for re-election. I think she knows we're about to go into another election where Donald Trump, a man who almost pulled off a coup on the United States, uh, is going to be the nominee, and we're going to face that same thing. And so her experience, her understanding of Congress, and her, her uh, leadership is going to be vital and pushing back as we see Donald Trump lose again and the Republicans try to pull some type of a, you know, scenario. Do we need term limits in Congress? I don't like term limits. Uh, and I understand Pelosi. I mean, she wants to be part of a club where she's still a young woman. Uh, you know, <laughs> is, is 83 too old to be running for Yeah, it probably is. Uh, but Michael's right. She's going to get reelected in San Francisco. But man, that city, that once great city, you look at the decay and the decimation of people living and defecating on the streets out there. It is, it's horrific. So to come on Hancock and Kelly, a new indictment may await Hunter Biden. And our quote of the week from the woman who may be the next vice president of the United States. There are new reports that President Biden's son may face a new indictment by the end of the month. The indictment is expected on a weapons charge. Biden, Hunter Biden, allegedly possessed a firearm in 2018 while using illegal narcotics. 
The same prosecutor, David Weiss, seeking the indictment, offered Biden the so-called sweetheart plea deal on weapons and tax crimes not too long ago, but a federal judge rejected that plea deal. Biden is still the subject of a federal investigation for allegedly using access to his father to make tens of millions of dollars for the Biden family from foreign businesses. John, do you trust, should Americans trust, this prosecutor? Well, the jury's out. Uh, I am gratified to see this gun charge carries a mandatory prison sentence. Uh, this is a big, his father sponsored the thing when he was in the Senate. But in the plea deal, it was a misdemeanor. Right. Well, in the plea deal, they, the plea deal didn't work because they did not have a legal foundation to offer that deal. And the judge recognized it and threw it out. Now they're going to prosecute the guy. I understand there may be more than just two years of tax crimes. Uh, that's something that needs to be examined. And, of course, the main thing that needs to be examined is were there official actions, a quid pro quo actions that Joe Biden took in his official capacity, either as vice president or U.S. Senate, that were directly tied to remuneration for Hunter Biden's businesses. Now, that's not been proven, but that would be a very serious and substantial crime. But do you trust the prosecutor to get, the right, get we'll it right? We'll see. Michael? Yeah. I mean, pay attention to two things here, guys. First of all, this guy's, this guy's a bad dude. Put him in jail. There's not several networks out there trying to justify his bad behavior. You don't see Democrats in Congress leading an effort to support uh, Hunter Biden and say that this is a witch hunt. No, they're allowing the process to play out. And he's likely going to serve jail time. And good for him. Maybe it's a behavior that the Republicans could learn. But he had the uh, sweetheart deal before all of this came across. That's that a legal idea. process. And who can blame him? I'd be trying to get a sweetheart deal, too. But now he's going to go to jail, and he should. Former President Donald Trump campaigned in South Dakota over the weekend. Republican Governor Kristi Noem, who pundits thought might run for president herself, introduced Mr. Trump at the event and gave him her full endorsement in the 2024 presidential run in spite of the four criminal indictments he currently faces. In our quote of the week, Noem says she's open to being Donald Trump's running mate in 24. I would in a heartbeat, she said. He's going to need somebody who knows what it's like to run a business be an employee, earn a paycheck. Also, having a wife, mom, and grandma on your side isn't too bad either. What do you think about Christy Noem for vice president? I don't know much about her. Sure would like to learn more. Uh, hopefully, we get a further examination of, of her. And, uh, but I can tell you how this is going to go down. Right now, Christy Noem, smart governor, best one in the country, couldn't do it any better. Give her a couple of months, and she'll be like, barely knew her. She was terrible. She's a liar. She's a rhino. Anybody this guy touches goes to stone. Whatever. Does this make his run any more, not that it's not a serious run for the White House, but the whole specter of all his legal trouble, it's like they just getting brushed I'm, aside. I'm and she's like, yeah, I'm on his side. Like, he's going to get through all that and be I'm, the nominee. I'm still and trying to get a hold and grasp the fact that she's a grandmother. Uh, you know, at least I look like a grandfather, you know. Uh, but she would be a substantial addition to a ticket with Donald Trump. Christy Noem's a good governor. She's been a client of mine. Uh, but she's a very good governor, extremely bright. Uh, and, and the contrast between Christy Noem and Kamala Harris could not be more stark. And, you know, if Donald Trump is the Republican nominee, I hope he selects someone of that caliber uh, to be the number two on his ticket. I'm not sure how it works. Could she be the first in line? Should something befall him on his legal fronts? Well, he'd have to be elected for her to assume. I mean, the during the campaign, or 
I, that's, he's the nominee, that's so and then he goes down. That's so unprecedented, Andy. No, I mean, under the Constitution, he can be convicted of a felony and still be able to serve as president. I think we can agree that these conventions and, that are going to come up next year are going to be worth watching because you have one guy who may not make it, and you have another guy who may be in jail. So the conventions could wind up selecting good. who our candidates yeah, are. Good. Final thoughts are next. First, Bomberito.com drone fox over Horseshoe Lake just across the Mississippi from St. Louis in Madison County, Illinois. Final thoughts, Michael. Well, 22, day, 22 years ago tomorrow, we all remember where we were, right? 9-11, one of the most tragic days where people from the outside who were upset and attacking the idea of America launched this attack on us. Right now, those fights continue to go on right now in Russia and sometimes even here in the United States. Let's not forget what we're ultimately about, the freedom and, and the unity that is the United States. Well, my dear wife watched a Netflix show that showed people that live to be 100, and apparently their diets are horrible. Uh, <laughs> I've been the beneficiary of some of that food the last couple of nights, and uh, I hope this is a short-lived kick because uh, <laughs> I need to get back to some... Good old American eating. That's all I got for you, Andy. You in trouble when you get home? Is uh, she watching? Uh, oh, yeah, she's watching. She's probably making the dandelion greens as we speak. And sardines, right? And sardines. <laughs> Thanks for watching, Hancock and Kelly. Tough out there. Get him some to-go food, would you? <laughs> we'll see you next week. Remember, if it's Sunday in St. Louis, it's Hancock and Kelly on Fox 2. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com.